Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Good morning and happy hump day. That's right. It is January 3rd, 2024, 1324, and we have a lot to get into today. All of your entertainment news in one place. I've got big updates in the Clayton Eckerd v. Jane Doe court case. I've got a, a little bit of a schedule for what's going on this week regarding the lawsuit that affects me, the harassment case that Janeth Doeth has against me, old Dodo Bird coming after me. And I've got, yeah, it's a wild, just stick around. I'll have it on the back half of this episode. I already gave it to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. I try to give them the exclusive beat on all the upcoming news. And I'm telling you right now, it's wild. Stick around for that. Let's jump into Rachel Lindsay. We'll share a little bit of that in some other pop culture news. As we know, yesterday we had the breaking news story that Brian Abasolo filed for for divorce from Rachel Lindsay, citing irreconcilable differences. Uh, What does that actually mean? No comment from her yet. Her Instagram still says Rachel Lindsay Abasolo. You know, I actually had to deal with a little bit of this nonsense today. Uh, One of the subreddit was analyzing all of Brian Abasolo's reviews that he's received on his for his chiropractor clinic. And he's got lots of reviews from different Bachelor alumni like Serene Brooke Russell in Bachelor bloggers like uh, Zachary Reality and even myself. And I had people questioning, oh, what's this all about? You know, uh, you know, confirmation bias, people looking for a story where there isn't. And people, I guess, were wondering if maybe I wrote a fake review. So I'm here to tell you, I... <laughs> very openly went to Brian Abasolo's clinic, I don't know, two or three months ago. I I can't remember exactly when. And I got to tell you, it was incredible. Uh, You know, he said, hey, I'll give you a chance to check out the equipment. Let me know what you think. He put his hands on me, gave me some manipulations. And, uh, you know, I've got a uh, sort of an issue with my neck. Uh, He looked at my MRI scans that I had from when I uh, was uh, in an accident. Uh, You know, I was in an accident like four or five years ago. And the point of all this is just to say, like, guys, you know, not everything is a conspiracy. So I don't even know what people were implying, wondering like maybe they thought, I mean, look, Brian Abasolo probably tapped on all of his friends in the bachelor world and said, Hey, come on by the clinic. Let me give you a free workout. If you like it, come by and you know, we'll get you on a schedule. I absolutely would do more work with Brian. If I weren't moving to Nashville, uh, I've seen other chiropractors. Look, when you've got a neck problem, you'll do anything to fix it. I'm well aware. And I've criticized chiropractors. I have a joke in my act about them, you know, cause chiropractors are pretty kooky people. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, not necessarily him just in general. So I, a joke about chiropractors, but absolutely, when it comes down to it, I would absolutely, uh, Brian, absolutely, absolo, I would absolutely rather go to, uh, you know, a chiropractor than, I don't know, say, take a bunch of pain meds, you know, you know, things like that. Uh, but by all means, 
his clinic was it, was, it was top of the notch. It was state of the art. He had brand new equipment and things I'd never heard of before, uh, different uh, devices that are there to help sort of relieve some of the tension and, you know, all these different things. Look, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> my review stands. I thought it was a great experience. Five out of five stars. And I'm sure um, he can use some of your help out there if you want to go see his clinic. Not a sponsorship, folks. You know, sometimes I just like something and I'm willing to talk about it. And no, he didn't make me uh, do a review in exchange for his services. No, none of that whatsoever. Uh, I'd be honest with you guys, right? I'm a journalist now. I'm a journalist now. Uh, (laughs) Very lightly. All right. So anyway, I got some other news to get into regarding Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abasolo. So it was reported by Bachelor Data, our good friend on Instagram, Susanna, that uh, we, we know Brian was seeking spousal support from Rachel Lindsay, but Bachelor Data also reported that he wants her to pay his attorney's fees. What does this even mean? I don't know if that's true. I haven't seen that anywhere else, but it's very fascinating. Uh, as you know, we played the clip of Rachel Lindsay saying they're trying to have kids. I don't think this came out of nowhere, as Reality Steve has alluded to, and I've talked about in the past, that there have been rumors about their breakup for months. There's been this like harassing Instagram account, absolutely insane, unhinged Instagram account that I had to block multiple times because they would leave comments on all of my Instagram reels and posts. I mean, I could literally post a photo with my wife for Valentine's Day and this unhinged lunatic would post comments saying, Brian and Rachel are broken up, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's true. Maybe a clock's, you know, a broken clock is still right twice a day unless you're in the military and then it's right once a day. What is it? A blind squirrel still catches a nut. So maybe they were onto something, but what am I going to do? Announce somebody's breakup before they do? No. I mean, if they wanted to, you know, we waited to see if they were actually going to stay together or break up. And now they, you know, he has filed for divorce. So I don't believe it was a blind side. That's just my opinion. I don't believe it was a blind side. Rachel and Brian for months have, you know, hinted at like things not being great in their camp. So I don't think that's the case. I don't know what caused it. Um, There are zero rumors of cheating, infidelity, any of that stuff. I don't know what caused it. But if Brian is asking for for her uh, to pay his attorney's fees and for spousal support, I do wonder, what is that all about? You know, no kids are involved. And usually with breakups and relationships, if no kids are involved, it's like neither one of them necessarily put their life on hold for the other. I guess maybe you could make the argument that he uprooted his company from Miami to come to Los Angeles for her. But then again, he's the one breaking up with her. So if we take like gender out of this and you have one party kind of uh, overextending their reach for the other party, and then the the other party ends up breaking up with them. I could understand being like, hey, you know, I sacrificed all of this for you. You know, I could understand there being some sort of settlement. Now, in this case, if it comes out that Rachel Lindsay makes 3x what he makes, and he did move across the country to help her and be a stay-at-home dad or something, you know, I could understand, but he's continued his 
operations in his job. He's not a stay-at-home dad. There are no kids. So I don't really know what special support he's looking for. With that said, I also know that I know very little about the legal system. I know you might think I'm a power litigator over here, but I know very little about the legal system. So I'm not sure if that's just a term that's used in part of the negotiation. All I know is when one person files for divorce, the only people that win in these circumstances are the lawyers. That's all I know. So either way, we have yet to hear a response from Rachel. When it comes, you bet your bottom dollar we will have a breaking news story about it. And I tell you what, I'm going to get to some entertainment news. There is a list going around. Oh boy, a Jeffrey Epstein list going around that is getting some people in trouble. Uh, we'll have that story right after the break. I mean, here we thought Caitlin Bristow was going to have the big story of the week. Usually the week after the holidays is pretty quiet. We don't have, uh, you know, Thursday we'll have Golden Bachelor. In two and a half weeks, we'll premiere the new season of The Bachelor. But as it goes in Bachelor Nation, the content giveth and the content there taketh away. All right, let's do some non-Bachelor news. We'll get back to the Clayton story in a second. Trust me, stick around for that. But first, Jimmy Kimmel Slams Aaron Rodgers' claim about Jeffrey Epstein connection. Says, your reckless words put my family in danger. Of course, there's a list that was supposed to come out, I believe, yesterday regarding all of the flight logs of who was on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. As it turns out, I believe on the list was Donald J. Trump. But either way, here's the story. Jimmy Kimmel has responded to Aaron Rodgers' comments about the late night host's potential connection to the list of Epstein's associates. During an appearance on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, the New York Jets quarterback suggested that Jimmy Kimmel was among those named on the Epstein list, saying there's lots of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, really hoping that doesn't come out. Now, by all means, that doesn't mean he's saying Jimmy Kimmel's on the list. He's just saying maybe due to Jimmy Kimmel's political slant, he thinks that it'll be damaging, I don't know, to, to Democrats. Look, Forget this Democrat versus Republican thing. A lot of powerful people are on that list, and I, I'm, I'm glad that there's finally some transparency about what the hell might have gone down. The names of over 150 associates of the late sex offender Epstein are set to be revealed following a court order from a federal judge in December. I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, says Aaron Rodgers, I definitely will be popping some sort of bottle. Kimmel took to Twitter to dismiss Rogers' claim about his connection to Epstein, writing, Dear asshole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on the list, other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself uh, can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. Back in March of 2023, Jimmy Kimmel mocked Rogers for discussing the Epstein list in UFOs during a February appearance on the Pat McAfee show. He said, did you hear about the uh, Epstein client list about to be released? There's some files that have some names on it that might be getting released pretty soon. Kim Kimmel played the clip of Rogers on his ep eponymous late night show saying, it might be time to revisit the concussion protocol, Aaron. Uh, he also referred to the quarterback as a tinfoil hatter. Now look, I mean, are you going to call Aaron Rodgers a tinfoil hatter? I mean, yeah, he, sure, he dabbles in the conspiracy theories, but the list exists and it's important that we you know, as a as a country, uh, grapple with the fact that some people on that list might have skeletons in their closet. What I think people didn't realize is that on the list would come out people like, 
you know, Donald Trump. I mean, he was on the list. Now, that doesn't mean if you were on the list, you were doing something bad, but it certainly isn't a good look. Let's have a listen to what Aaron Rodgers had to say. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> feels like it. <laughs> like. supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine He's cellar for this thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a. All right. So, well, I mean, look. It's not exactly defamation there. We've learned a little bit about defamation, but uh, you know, you got to be. It's like who you know. You should, I think whether you're Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Kimmel, the last thing you want is to be like having these public spats about who's on a sex offender's you know private jet plane list. Could the you know could the year get any weirder? This is the strangest start to 2024. Now I don't think we've actually seen the new list come out, but uh, here's a New York Post article: Jeffrey Epstein's old flight logs showing trips by Presidents Clinton and Trump resurface ahead of upcoming document dump. Now I do believe they're trying to stop, like uh, in the in the, the the judge said make make these records public, but others in uh, in Congress I think are. trying trying to still work their magic to keep this under wraps here. But I don't listen. There's no political affiliation here. Whether it's Trump or Clinton, let's find out who's on on these lists, why they were on the list, and everyone should either be vetted or, you know, have an alibi or all these types of things, right? Like, this story is absolutely bananas. If you try to hide it, it's just going to make it, you know, more popular about what you're trying to hide. So I say just get out there and let's share it. What do you guys think? I mean, there's literally nobody out there who doesn't want them to share it. In another tough news, Harvard president is giving up her post after anti-Semitism hearing. Harvard University announced that they've appointed Alan Garber as the new interim president. Claudine Gay is stepping down as Harvard president after waffling on the issues of Jewish genocide and anti-Semitism and being dogged by allegations of plagiarism. Gay plans to resign Tuesday afternoon, according to the Harvard Crimson, the university's student-run publication, which cites a source with knowledge of the decision. All right, well, I guess, is that progress? I'll tell you what's not progress. Uh, Nigel Lithgow is in hot water to start 2024. All-American Girl, the TV show contestants, sue the executive producer for uh, the alleged sexual assault and battery. On the heels of Paula Abdul's lawsuit, veteran TV producer Nigel Lithgow finds himself facing a second lawsuit claiming he sexually assaulted and harassed two contestants 20 years ago on a reality competition show. Both women were contestants on the show All-American Girl, which aired for one season back in 20. 2003. And Lithgow was a producer on the program. According to the documents obtained by TMZ, the women allege he would repeatedly show up on the set and in dressing rooms when they were wearing dance costumes and openly swatted and groped their butts. In the suit, which the plaintiffs are filing as Jane Doe's, they say production hosted a party to celebrate the end of filming, but at the end of the party, they claim Lithgow insisted one of the women ride with him back to the studio where everyone else on the cast was going. The second plaintiff insisted on going with them to protect her fellow contestant, but they allege Lithgow drove them back to his home where he made sexual advances on both of them. In the suit, they allege he lifted up the sweater she was wearing and engulfed one of the women while trying to kiss her, and she immediately rejected him. Wild stuff, folks. Uh, these allegations need to be taken seriously, absolutely. And Nigel Lithgow, I mean, he's worth a ton of money, right? He's the executive producer, and I th uh, so you think you can dance and all these other shows. I mean, I hope they get a bag if it comes out that they are 
telling the truth here. Oh boy, how about this for a crazy story? Do you remember yesterday we talked about the flasher from the Sugar Bowl? Uh, and, I, and, I, and I told you that we should have uh, uh, unlimited boobs uh, one day a year. It, should, it you know, kind of should be, you know, you, know, you know that movie where they let you commit crimes one day a year? How about this? Unlimited boobs on January 1st. Just start the year off on the, and that's, that's a genderless issue. Men, women, whoever, you get to show up. Okay, that's, that's my belief here. Birthday suits, folks. Well, the Sugar Bowl Flasher, as they're calling her, uh, there's a porn company offering $100,000 for her to have a one-hour webcam show. The woman who went nips out for some beads during ESPN's Sugar Bowl broadcast is being offered a deal more eye-opening than the viral clip, with an adult company willing to shell out up to... 100k to get her to perform an encore on its platform. The folks over at Camp Soda laid out the terms of the pro- proposition on Tuesday, saying it's trying like hell to track down the Bourbon Street patron who exposed her boob during the TV broadcast. I mean, I'm at, how about that for living in the United States of America? One second, you're showing your boobs for free beads. The next second, six-figure down payment on a home. God bless America, right, folks? All right, well, look, you've waited patiently, so it's time to get to uh, today's, I guess, feature content and that being what we're finding out about Clayton Eckerd. He's got a court case, of course, happening with Jane Doe. That's the name we've given to the anonymous woman who put him into a family court case due to, as she alleged, the unborn twins she's been pregnant with since the end of May. Well, now she says she's no longer pregnant. She gets a lawyer, and can you imagine this? We are breaking a news story here. We find out that the new lawyer that she has, I tell you what, you know what? I'm going to share this with you, but we are out of time. So I will get to it right after this commercial break. I promise. We'll be right back. So as happens when you cover stories like this, I'm in a very niche pickle. A niche pickle, I say. That niche pickle being that I'm like the only one, along with Reality Steve, uh, but uh, no proper media is covering this court case here with Clayton Eckerd. But we've got word out that Janeth Doweth, a.k.a. Dodo Bird, Jane Doe's attorney, just filed to withdraw Jane Doe as her client. Uh, We don't have this paperwork yet, but I might, by the next episode, I might have it. Check my YouTube as well. Uh, It's uh, very wild because it looks like, from all I'm hearing, that the lawyer for Jane Doe withdrew from this case, but with Jane Doe's consent, which um, I guess means the lawyer doesn't have to provide explanation. So it's my belief, and I don't know, maybe some lawyers can law explain to me, but it's my belief that a lawyer can't just drop a client, that if you do drop a client against the client's wishes, that you have to have some sort of explanation about why this, that, and the other. Well, as we know or have heard allegedly from previous uh, representatives that Jane Doe has that she's actually filed complaints to the bar, to the organization that represents lawyers uh, regarding being mistreated by past representation. I don't expect that to happen this time because Jane Doe allegedly did give her consent for this lawyer to drop her. Uh, Again, we don't even know what this means, but I'm guessing now moving forward, this means that Clayton Eckerd's lawyers will have to deal with Jane Doe directly with this court case. There's also uh, some paperwork coming out that there is a motion by Jane Doe to quash 
uh, which is also the same motion that Chase J. Jones is uh, motioning that they're trying to quash, which I don't even know what quash means. I kind of just hear it as squash. I don't know if that's the same thing, but the motion filed by Janeth Doweth. And again, I don't know if uh, her lawyer dropped her before or after this. It's, it's an expedited motion to quash deposition of petitioner. Oh, this is interesting. We don't have the documents yet, but like I said, by the time we get to tonight's episode, the afternoon rush hour, and possibly before then on the YouTube channel, we may have this information. Uh, it was filed on December 29th. So as far as I've been able to learn, the docket date was yesterday. Uh, you know, so these things take a few days to pop up once they become public knowledge. Now you have to remember, Jane Doe tried for months to silence me by telling me that all of these court cases were private and that um, I'm violating her privacy and she's going to sue me for defamation and all these things, which, hey, she's still Still might do. We don't really know. But uh, what I've learned through the help of plenty of lawyers across the country is that these documents are public knowledge. We do have a right to see them. So what does this mean? An expedited motion to quash deposition of petitioner. Petitioner is Janeth Doeth. So what this means is that Clayton's lawyers are trying to depose Jane Doe. And from a layman like me, just a, you know, a old Russian, uh, you know, a Roman uh, commoner, a plebeian that I am with limited knowledge of the court system, a public school education that I have, uh, even though we were featured in Time Magazine, of course, but still on a public school budget, uh, I don't exactly know what this means other than uh, Jane Doe doesn't want to be under oath listening to the questions that will come from Clayton Eckert's side. Those questions I'm imagining will be trying to catch her lying, uh, trying to catch her uh, speaking, you know, uh, maybe body language wise to see if she's believable or not when it comes to her statements of facts. Like it's one thing to respond to quashes and respond to court filings. It's kind of like a slow game of tennis, whereas a deposition is like a fast game of ping pong. It's back and forth. There's no... Uh, um, cutting out because your Wi-Fi goes out. There's no, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, you know, unplugging your computer because you know it's like no, you're in the room. Uh, no, most of the time now we've seen that depositions can take place through Zoom, but most of the time you're usually in the room at the law office. I've I've been in a deposition before. They kind of suck. It sucks to be in a deposition, but I was in one actually when I got in my car accident because the insurance company didn't want to pay me and this and that. And what what um what I quickly learned in my deposition was that I was extremely credible. And as soon as the deposition ended, the insurance company, which by the way, there is probably nothing worse in our country than insurance companies. I mean, they are just the worst. They immediately tried to settle with my lawyer after the deposition because what they realized was I wasn't milking the system. I was an injured person just trying to receive the standard care that you get after somebody runs into you in a car accident. And once they realized my story was credible, that I wasn't abusing the system, they they they, they really wanted to settle it. And my lawyer was like, get out of here. Because of course they, they needed to, you know, as far as negotiations go, it was a god awful offer. Anyway, the point being is depositions work well for the person when they're telling the truth. But if you are not telling the truth, it is a quick way for your strategy to crumble. Why would Jane Doe somebody who alleges that they were pregnant and that they haven't lied and they shared all of this under oath, why would they want to quash a deposition 
Wouldn't they want as the petitioner to share their truth? My guess is there's something that they are hiding. We're going to have to see what that is, folks. Now, uh, there's so much content we just haven't been able to get to today. Please stick around for the afternoon. And if you haven't already and want to join the private membership, I'm telling you right now, we're going to have more information coming out on the Patreon today, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. I've sort of patiently been waiting like a kid on Christmas Eve waits for Santa to come. I've patiently been waiting for informants and other people that operate around the Jude judicial system to drop public records into my stocking, as it were. And when that comes, I will be here to share it with you. The case is fascinating. It's not going away. We officially have, what, three different things going on. The Clayton Eckert paternity scandal, uh, this Zach Clark, possibly with Caitlin Bristow, and also waiting to hear from Rachel Lindsay Abasolo regarding this blindside, potentially, uh, divorce announcement. So stick around. And when this information all comes up, if it's during the workday, we'll break it on YouTube. Otherwise, I'll cover it for the afternoon rush hour. And also, if you enjoy what we're doing over here, please, the best way to help out is to continue to share us with your friends, help us grow and make 2024 a year we all want to remember. Don't quash this podcast. I'll be back this afternoon with more. As always, I'm Dave Neal, and this is The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.